Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we revisit the 2019 West Final. What a game that was. Zach Kolaris and Doug Brown will help me reminisce as well. We'll check in with Mike McEwen on the team's first win of the season. They just want a bond spiel in BC. He checks in with Kelly Moore on the podcast. The game is over. It's been a long time since I've been able to say this, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to the Great Cup. One year ago today, the West final victory, an insane finish in Regina. The Bombers victorious 20-13 to as they would go on to the Great Cup to take on Hamilton. And to remember the West final joined by quarterback Zach Kolaris and Blue Bomber color analyst Doug Brown. Good evening, gentlemen. And let's we'll start with Zach. Did that uh, montage there bring back some memories for you? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that had to be an exciting thing to watch as a fan. Yeah, obviously, as a player, that was uh, pretty nerve-wracking there down the stretch. I'm, uh, I'm really excited I decided to come up to my garage and light up a cigar, though, uh, for this conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, talking about this game <laughs> and for you Doug being there in the booth obviously you're you're supposed to be impartial but you're broadcasting for the Bombers here just as a person watching a football game what a wild ride that game was yeah I mean when we're playing Saskatchewan when the, when the football team is going up against the Rough Riders we we don't even pretend to try and be impartial or, or unbiased whatsoever we put on our uh, our bomber hats uh fully fully decked and uh it was uh you know i, I have some experience uh, understanding how difficult it is to go into saskatchewan uh in an environment like that that is sold out and uh that was just an incredible game you know it was it was back and forth there were lead changes there were dramatic plays there were it was just countless you know every you all the boxes you have for a, a blockbuster spectacle uh, they were all checked in this game. It was it was outstanding. It had every piece of dramatic intrigue you'd, you'd want in a football game. Now, Zach, if I told you that your pass to Kenny Lawler in the first quarter would be the only touchdown in the entire game for either team, what would you have thought? Uh, I would have been surprised for sure. Um, you know, given the game plan that we had for the game, you know, my familiarity with what they do defensively and uh, – you know, and just my comfort level with, with what was going on uh, in our offense. You know, looking back at the game, uh, you know, obviously we had, we've had a lot of time to go back and watch things. You know, we, I think I said it uh, in the Sun the other day, uh, Paul's article, we definitely left two or three touchdowns out there. So um, still, those, those still kind of haunt me, but we, we were lucky to uh, pull that one out, get out there with the win. And, uh, man, that was just, a crazy experience for me personally, obviously. And then um, we was just so happy to, to, you know, get to the great cup for Winnipeg and, um, and, then, and then obviously bring one home. And for you personally, referring to the fact that you started the season in Saskatchewan, that was a, a topic I remember last year. It was talked about a lot heading into the game because na- it's a natural storyline. Was that a big motivating factor for you taking on a team that you started the season with? Oh, for sure. Uh, it was definitely difficult for me to bite my tongue that entire week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everything worked out. And, um, yeah, what, 
what a better what a better feeling than, than going back in there and getting a win, right? I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way, and uh, you know, just what a total team effort. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it here, um, defensively, special teams, and offensively. Absolutely, and and for you watching in the broadcast booth, Doug, you weren't at the game in Calgary, obviously. I tate on the call, but you you watched it. Were you expecting the same game plan that worked in Calgary, or were you expecting that Saskatchewan would have an answer for Strevler, which is what we ended up seeing in the West Final? Yeah, they, they had an answer for Strevler. Honestly, what I took away from Calgary in, in watching that game, I think it was actually in Nicaragua, on a, a charity thing, but um, watching that game, you know, if you can go into Calgary and you can beat them there, um, you know, a, a team that has a legacy of just going to the, the Grey Cup, and uh, they certainly didn't uh, underperform at all in the 2019 regular season. So expectations were that things would just go as they usually went and, and go in, in Cowtown. And once they pulled that win out, you know, regardless of the theatrics of that game and, and Strebler and, and his heroic play and, uh, you know, spot duty from everybody else and, and, and pitching in, um, once you get that win under your belt, uh, I just felt like, okay, anything's possible now for this Winnipeg Blue Bomber team. Obviously, they had to go on the road three times, essentially, uh, to, to bring it home. But once you went in Calgary, I think we were just sitting up there with Bob and we were like, okay, okay, they just did kind of the hardest thing. They just got that monkey off their back in terms of that is the most difficult challenge in front of this Winnipeg football team is, is doing that on the road. Now they have to have that confidence. They have to be buoyed and they have to have that momentum going to Saskatchewan. Uh, we really didn't think, you know, it didn't really matter what their game plan was going to be. We felt like that team uh, was just becoming a juggernaut and uh, we're just going to ride that wave of momentum, which is what they did. Let's go to the first quarter, Zach. You're standing basically in your own end zone. It's first and 10 from your own three yard line. Is the idea just to, to chuck it deep, and if you don't get that play, you might just end up taking a safety? Uh, no, not necessarily. We had a good idea of what you like to do uh, in a backup situation like that. Um, they, every team has its tendencies, and, and uh, you know, Lapo had a great plan, uh, you know, for what Shavers like to do in a situation. And it just so happened that we, you know, we got in the right protection. Um, we went a full max pro there, uh, seven man protection, and. Uh, I had thrown so many outs against Nick Marshall in my time uh, practicing out there. And, and, you know, I could read his body language and his demeanor, and uh, you could see his eyes and, and all those things. And, and, and I told Lapo during the week, I said, hey, if, if, if you want to take a shot here, I can get him to bite. And, uh, you know, he trusted me, and Darvin did a great job of avoiding contact. And uh, I think if I lay it out there maybe one inch further, Darvin doesn't get caught there. But um, just a, a great – um, you know, great execution all around there from the play call to our offensive line, getting us in the right points and, and Andrew and, and Nick working together, uh, you know, Rashad, Rashid, you know, doing what he's supposed to do on the route. And then, and obviously Darvin uh, you know, catching it and uh, running after the catch. 63 yard gain. And then two plays later, the, the Lawler touchdown aided that play as well. 15 yards for the roughing the passer when Charleston Hughes kind of rolled into your, your legs. Did you get a look at the replay of that? Did you think it was dirty? Well, I, I don't know if it was dirty. Um, you know, I, I don't want to really comment on that. I, I've always been friends with Charleston, but uh, you know, I, I think it was the right call, obviously, and uh, it didn't feel good in the moment. And uh, you know, luckily, adrenaline takes over, and 
uh, and moving forward, it wasn't an issue. But there was definitely um, a little tweak there in the knee. But, uh, you know, we got right back to it, and Kenny uh, ran a great route. Uh, you know, in another situation, we, we, we added that play, the touchdown play that he scored on late in the week, uh, something that we saw there in a second and long scenario where they were in a coverage, um, you know, a zone-type coverage, middle-of-the-field open kind of thing. We were actually trying to get the ball to – to Darwin down the middle of the field. Um, they went with a one-high look, and, uh, you know, Kenny did what he's supposed to do, steps steps on pure four toes, and, and you lay it out there, and he's got to make a play, and, and uh, he, he did a great job. So, Doug, when you're in the booth, you've got the the Bombers up 11-4 to at the half. What are you thinking about their, their chances and the way they were playing? You know, it was, it was a tight contest, obviously. A lot of field goals, and... Um, it was just you're hoping uh, the football team can stay on the script of what has made them successful before, and that's you know uh, outstanding quarterback play, um, not turning the ball over, um, having a real uh, uh, a defense that seizes the moment and, and really capitalizes on opportunities, and it, it was just a lot of it was the mo. You're like okay. They just have to put their stamp. They have to put their, their fingerprint on this game in terms of what do they do best. They need to, you know, take the ball away more. Uh, they need to be uh, in a ball control offense. They need to be balanced. They need to be running. They need to be protecting Zach well. And then the defense had to be disruptive. And uh, obviously it came down to the way the game ended in that fourth quarter. Uh, you, you talk about wanting a defense to be uh, to really create chaos and be disruptive and, and penetrate. I mean, you just look at those goal line stands and back-to-back scenarios and, and that really personifies it right there. So it was, uh, I think at halftime, we were just, we're anxious. Okay. You know, it's been, it's been back and forth. It's been a, a lot of kicking and, and, you know, flipping the field and, and time of possession and uh, who's going to make the big mistakes and who's going to rise to the occasion and put their stamp on this game. And uh, I really felt like in, in the late going, uh, Winnipeg rose to the occasion. The fourth quarter of the West Final, which was one year ago today, Zach. That fake punt that uh, Saskatchewan got deep returned into Winnipeg territory. What was the reaction on the sideline when that happened? Was it confusion? <laughs> I know for me it was. Uh, I don't think I'd ever seen that in the CFL uh, or any league, obviously. Um, you know, going back and, and, and listening to our coaching staff the next day, you know, they were talking about how we had a play like that uh, in our special team playbook as well, and that's why they were kind of disappointed on, on it happening. But, um, yeah, I remember the moment I was just in total shock. Um, Shane made an unbelievable play uh, running down Nick, and, uh, I mean, that, that that really was just, in my opinion, the play of the playoffs right there. And, uh, you know, obviously we wouldn't have a great covering it. Well, I don't want to say that. Obviously, the game the game could have gone uh, still in our favor, but but Shane's play there in that moment was just unbelievable. And that drive leads to a goal line stand for the Bombers' defense. And Doug, when you get backed up on the goal line like that as a defense, what kind of attitude is it on the line to make sure that they do not pound that ball in? Well, a pretty hopeful one, I would say, because it's uh, it's not often you can stop a football team well when if they have any sort of offensive line in front of them, it's extremely difficult, uh, especially with the number of opportunities Saskatchewan had. Uh, not only that possession right there, but the next one as well when they uh, 
to hit the crossbar with the football. So uh, they're deep inside, uh, you know, just sniffing your goal line. Uh, it's very difficult as a, as a, you know, a member of a defense in, in any position. Uh, obviously uh, the space is a lot smaller in terms of your coverage, but everything is just going to happen so quickly down there. There's just no room for error whatsoever. So it's one of those uh, scenarios that I think we talk about where, you know, defensively you just want, everything to be chaotic and disruptive and bodies flying around every which way. And uh, that's what they were successful in. Uh, They just got into the backfield. They penetrated, they disrupted things and it turned out very well for them. But that's a highly stressful situation, especially with the stakes uh, of that, you know, that game in the Western final late in the fourth quarter. Uh, It doesn't get any more nerve wracking for a defensive player but, you know, you want to talk about getting your heart pounding and excitement and, and drama in a game. It doesn't get any better than that. But for you, Zach, if you're a defender, you're in control to some degree. If you're a quarterback watching that and then watching the strip sack fumble on that last second drive get overturned and watch the ball go through Marcus Sale's hands and then see the ball hit the crossbar, you don't have control. You're on the sidelines trusting your defense. But also, what does that feel like inside when you don't have control of the outcome? Yeah, that was definitely a yeah a roller coaster of emotions for everybody. Uh, I think uh, the the strip fumble that got overturned. I think I like speared Osh, you know, going to hug him. We were so happy, and then that gets overturned. And um, but yeah, it, you hit the nail on the head there. As a quarterback, you know, you kind of choose to play the position um, consciously or subconsciously as, as a young person because you want to be in control. You want to have the ball in your hands, and, and obviously when you're on the sideline. Um, you have no control at all, and uh, it was definitely, like I said, a roller coaster of emotions. But you know, I add to what Doug said, you know, about the defense, just the poise that they played with, uh, you know, in not just one moment, but five, six, seven moments like that there in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, whether it was the the goal line stands or um, on the ten yard line, eight yard line, there, uh, you know, making huge plays with the game on the line, just it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable to be a part of and to witness and. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll never forget those moments. But uh, you know, I really wish we could have closed it out there, just completely taking the game uh, out of Saskatchewan's hand. But um, we wouldn't have all these stories to talk about if that happened. So it, it worked out. Absolutely. And a shout out earlier in the game, I haven't mentioned yet, Winston Rose with a long interception return that set up a field goal uh, earlier in the game. And who knows if that doesn't happen, then Saskatchewan goes in for a touch and they might win the game. So, uh, just final word to you, Zach. This this game in terms of where it ranks in all the football games you've ever played, how memorable is this one? Where does it rank? It's definitely up there. Uh, from a, you know, yeah, from, from a memorable standpoint, it, it would have to be uh, one or two. Um, you know, and, and from a meeting standpoint for me and my, and my career personally, it had to be right out there, you know, one or two as well. Um, yeah, you know, listening to – the play-by-play there as, as you led into the segment, you know, and reliving those moments, uh, you know, I kind of felt like I was right there in that moment again. And uh, there's not there's not too many games that you can do that with. Obviously, you remember one or two things, um, you know, you hope from every game in your career, but especially the big ones. But, uh, you know, I, I can think back to this game and remember, you know, it seems like entire quarters and conversations we were having on the sideline, uh, you know, and obviously the nerve-wracking moments there at the end. Um, the celebration afterwards, and um, you know the beers in the locker room with the guys, and then you know getting on the getting on the plane and and, and getting ready, you know, for the Grey Cup. It was just 
an unbelievable experience and uh, you know as a new person on the team um, to be able to to see how happy uh, a lot of the vets were um, and to share that emotion with them which is was awesome and a lot of people that have been watching this team for many, many years, probably one of the most wild games they've ever watched as well. Zach Caleros, quarterback of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Doug Brown, color analyst on CGOB. Thank you both for your time tonight. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Let's move on to curling now. Because, and you may not have known this, but there was something called the Ashley Home Store Curling Classic in Penticton, B.C. And Mike McEwen's team won that yesterday. They're on their way back home right now. And before they boarded their flight to Winnipeg, our sports director, Kelly Moore, caught up with the skipper, Mr. McEwen himself. They talked about an update. Well, first of all, that's where they started. How they made out last night after the final because their rental vehicle wasn't able to get up the hill to the house where they were staying as a result of a bit of a snowstorm. Yeah, we uh, we had a bit of a hike to the uh, house. Um, we were uh, fortunate to uh, find a, uh, a driveway to park in and a friendly uh, distance chat with uh, a neighbor down the road, and uh, and uh, you know we sent uh, third man Reed uh, for a little. Uh, walk this morning to, to bring us the van back uh we're fortunate with the weather uh kind of everything melted overnight so otherwise uh, it was going to be a fun uh fun walk uh hauling luggage to the van uh down a snowy icy hill yeah i was i was only, the only surprise i had is that you didn't tell the rest of the guys to hurry hard <laughs> yeah we uh um yeah there was some interesting driving and pushing attempted <laughs> but uh, yeah a lot of fails yeah uh, trying to trying to go up uh up the hill uh yeah just a, a lesson uh in uh you know when our, when our tires are gold yeah. uh, if you have them and we didn't <laughs> yeah that'll definitely be on the checklist the next time uh does the vehicle have winter tires but uh well yeah getting home might have been a problem but uh, uh it certainly wasn't uh when you guys were competing uh could it have gone any better mike uh in your first event of the year i think what did you go seven and one yeah, I, I believe you're right. Uh, no, I, I don't. I really don't think uh, it could have gone any better. Um, and uh, you know, we kind of we kind of got a little bit of a wake up call in the first game. Uh, team uh, Laycock with Jimmy Cotter, they gave us a nice whooping. Um, so we uh, we had some rust to shake off uh, uh, the first uh, couple of games, and we we're fortunate to to go uh, split the day at one and one and. And then, uh, yeah, we, we really found our feet uh, after that. Yeah, I, I would say especially in the final, you uh, uh, hit for a four in the first end. Uh, those are kind of magic moments when uh, you're at that point in a bond spiel and uh, you can come up with a, a four-ender in the first, eh? Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the guys made a, a lot of good shots in front, in front of me and uh, sometimes in first ends, uh uh, you know, when you're playing tough shots, whether it be a run back or something precise and, and Glenn's team just, uh, missed two or three, uh, you know, by just little bits, uh, first hand ice, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit, uh, fresh, uh, moving a bit, bit differently than it might middle of the game. So we got some fortunate misses and, uh, we, we did a good job, uh, doing some makes and had a nice little slash for four, which was, uh, 
uh, you know, that's pretty exciting to have that opportunity in the first end of the final. You bet. Yeah, wound up uh, beating Glenn Howard six to three to win the uh, uh, the the event. Uh, but I, I guess, Mike, after everything that has happened this year, I know you and I have kind of texted back and forth here and there. It must have been nice just to get out on the ice, though. It was, um, and I think we, you know, we we didn't have a lot of expectations. Uh, you know, training has been difficult, but. Uh, yeah, this was, uh, you know, we, we consulted with our, you know, our spouses, our, our you know, the, the team sponsors and, and just anyone who has a connection to the team and, and then this event um, to make a, a decision that it, we, we feel just fortunate that we were able to play and, and take in and something that we felt they went above and beyond and, and making the players feel safe and, and the protocols that were followed and hopefully, uh, you know, some good things can, uh, can come out of this, but really, really feel fortunate that we had this opportunity to, to do this. Yeah. And there were some pretty good teams that made the trip out to BC, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, we, we, I think we, uh, we, uh, had uh, team botcher, uh, in our pool, three time Briar finalist. And, uh, we met up with, uh, team Kevin Cooey in the semi, which was, uh, a great game. If anybody has a chance to, you know, those guys have been doing some some amazing streaming on their uh, team team Facebook yeah. site. So that that semi was uh, a barn burner, a really good game, and that was probably one of our best team efforts of the week. And yeah, it was just uh, it was pretty pretty proud of the guys that we could perform like that after you know seven eight months off and and uh, and put out a good uh, product, uh, you know and tried not to put too much pressure on ourselves but uh um you know you always want to want to compete and do well when you're when you're playing teams like that how would you rate the level of curling mike because uh, you know under normal circumstances uh you know the first event of the season at least you've had adequate time to practice you know training has been uh under normal circumstances but uh, in light of everything uh, was the quality of curling maybe a little bit better than what you thought it might be under what everybody's been through? Um, yeah, I, I think it, uh, I, you know, from these teams, I think we can generally expect a uh, really high level most of the time. But, yeah, I think you're right. It, it did exceed. Um, and, and a testament to, you know, the, the event itself, uh, the, the, the ice, the conditions that they give us, um, that's a big part of, of seeing, uh, you know, really quality play. And I, I think uh, they did a great job uh, this past week. Um, you know, that's that's part of it. Great conditions for the for the curlers to put on a show, and that helps us uh, play at a high level. I know, uh, and we're speaking with Mike McEwen, uh, whose team uh, defeated uh, Glenn Howard 6-3 to in the championship final of the Ashley Home Hardware event in Penticton on the weekend for their first event of the year to uh, pick up uh, a victory. Uh, and I know even at the Masters, Mike, they were talking about the relief that they felt just getting through the event. And, and especially when you consider just a little bit to the east in Okotoks, Alberta, they, I think the ladies, uh, including Carrie Anderson from uh, Manitoba and Jennifer Jones, uh, I, I'm not sure was Dawn curling with her or not, but, I mean, they, they play one game, and then all of a sudden things are shut down because of protocols. Uh, uh, so I guess you had to feel fortunate from that aspect that you were able to play this thing through. 
Yeah, well, for sure. That's in the back of everybody's minds. Um, and, and we appreciate 100%, uh, um, you know, what everyone is doing to, to stay safe and be responsible and, and set a good example. Um, yeah, we were fortunate that, uh, we we're able to, uh, to, uh, you know, play the, play the event and looks like everything went really well. And, uh, all, all the teams, the organizers, uh, just the safety protocols and the, what teams were as far as, you know, being, being responsible and, and setting good, good examples, both on the ice and off the ice, um, you know, limiting interactions in the community and things like that. Uh, we're just, uh, we feel very fortunate that, um, you know, can take in and their sponsors and their organizing community were able to, to do this for us. Uh, but really important and special event on, uh, as, as part of our sport. As this is airing on the sports show right now, you guys are actually in the air flying home from Penticton. So what's on the docket next, Mike? I mean, I guess it's hard to plan too far into the future. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, It, uh, you know, my sense is it it doesn't look uh, promising before, uh, you know, before the new year. and, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm hopeful that come January, uh, leading up to, pro- to a, a provincial uh, playdown, uh, that we'll, we'll maybe have a, a, a couple events to tune up. Uh, I know Morris uh, is looking at uh, an event before uh, um, the Manitoba Men's Provincials. So hopefully we can, uh, everybody can do their part and we can, uh, we can have a safe and... Uh, and uh, you know, a safe provincials and, and maybe play a couple events in the new year. But, uh, in the meantime, uh, looks like, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be, uh, kind of sitting tight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fingers and brushes crossed for that. Just before we let you go, Mike, I know there has been some talk, uh, in circles about curling, taking a long, hard look at the hub format for some of the major events that have not been scrubbed from the calendar yet. Uh, uh, I, I would suspect that uh, most of the teams that you've talked to, uh, have you been able to get a, a read on how everybody's feeling if, if it does go to a hub or a bubble format? I, I think everybody's hopeful. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of positivity and the expectation that will are, you know, Curling Canada and their partners and perhaps uh, Sportsnet and the Grand Slams we might uh, be able to pull off a, a hub bubble uh, situation. Uh, I think it's important if we can do that for the sport. So we're all hopeful. Um, but I mean, it's, it, you know, it's the weight is, is stressful. A lot, a lot of anxiety, uh, kind of, you know, it feels like time is passing very slowly. Indeed it is. Mr. McEwen. That is Mike McEwen talking to our Kelly Moore earlier today after their win at the Ashley Home Store Curling Classic yesterday afternoon in BC. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?